I'm a child of God. I have in my hand powerful Word of God. can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and just tell them how much you love them. We're in our series, The Bridge. We'll take a break from it next week with Mark being here, and then we'll finish it up on uh, Memorial Weekend. Uh, I've enjoyed this study together, and uh, today we're going to talk about encouragement. Uh, I need it. You need it. We all need it. Uh, when you go off to college, uh, when, that, when you leave them at college, parents will take them to college, and then when you leave them to college and you have to drive back home, you just get this empty feeling, don't you? Like the eagle. <laughs> Wasn't that a powerful story? Because she, she knew instinctively she should push him out, but she was afraid to push him out. What if it doesn't work this time? What if Now, one of, my, one of my kids made it, but what about this one? Well, if you were training them the same way, guess what? I bet you they learned to fly. But can you imagine them? If you were the last eagle being pushed off the nest, <laughs> three went before you, and here goes the next one. You're the last one. First one might be worse. Yeah. And do they instinctively know to throw their wings out? I'll bet they do. Something happens. Instinctively it happens. And this is the way it's going to be in your life as well, grads. Something, something will happen. Those things that your mom and dad have taught you will come back. But never, ever, ever forget the Lord is right there with you. And never make a permanent decision for a temporary situation. Please put that in your head and heart and never let it go. And we live in a world where people get connected. And when you go to college, you're going to find that out. You're going to be connected in so many ways. You've got Facebook. You've got email. You've got cell phone. You've got Twitter. You've got Snapchat. You've got I don't know what all you've got. Periscope, that's another one I've heard about. And uh, I, there's some things I don't want to know about. And uh, some of the things that you can... Even Hillary Clinton has gotten on Snapchat. Um, she had her phone upside down when she was doing it, but anyway, it was, it, was, it was comical. But we've got all kinds of technology that connects us, but yet we've never been more further apart and disconnected. God never intended us to be that way. In fact, in Genesis 2.18, it says we were made with a desire to connect. He says it is not good for the man to be alone. When he looked at the man, he looked lonely. He looked pitiful. Women, you've seen those men who look pitiful. Don't we look? We can look very pitiful, can't we? Especially if we're sick. I mean, we could have a cold, but you would think we were near death. We whine, moan. I've gotten moaning down to a fine art. Cindy thinks I'm, I'm really having trouble, but I'm just wanting some attention. So she walks by, and I think, okay, here it comes. 
and she throws a blanket over me. Or she sends the dog to sit in my lap. We're pitiful. And God knew that. He looked at us. He looked at his creation in Adam and he saw he needed some help. He needed some encouragement. But we all need to connect. We all need to belong and we all need to be accepted by others. And sometimes we do some of the silliest things to be accepted. When I was younger and all of my insecurities were in full, full bloom, I had to be the class clown. I had to be the idiot in the room so that I could get positive attention, I thought. That's what that would get me. <laughs> Got me a lot of trouble, but it didn't get me nearly about what I thought it was going to get me. So we have to be careful about the type of attention we want sometime and the type of connections we want. The Bible talks about togetherness and connectiveness as being in fellowship with each other. In Proverbs 17.22 it says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Amen? Boy, it can. It can do that. I imagine the San Antonio Spurs are sad in their heart. Their spirit is sagged and sapped to their strength. Because, I mean, they've won five national championships just, you know, not too long ago. And this upstart Oklahoma Thunder bunch comes in and beats them. Wow. It was said that the, the Spurs can't lose at home. <laughs> they did. Well, now we find out if little David can slow, slay uh, Goliath out in California. Now we'll find out. But we get discouraged. And when we're discouraged, there are times when we have this broken spirit and our literally, our literally our strength is gone. I sit in amazement in my office after visiting with people. And I'm, I'm just stunned at how much hurt people carry inside themselves. And it's all around us. Life is crushing people. I hear the politicians say, everything's good. They haven't looked at my bank account. Everything's great. They haven't watched the prices keep going up on everything except what it should go up on. They've got financial messes. They've got marriages falling apart. They've got jobs that they may have or may not have. They're worried about their kids. Their grandkids. Many of them have huge regrets from their past. Their health isn't what it used to be. I got up from a chair last night. By the time about 6 or 7 in the evening, this old body, my legs especially, just... Go away. I think it's the neuropathy. It feels like I have lead pipes attached to my hips. It's hard to raise my legs. It's hard to get up and walk. And I start to look like an old man. Cindy always says, stand up straight. It takes me a little while, but I get there. I usually have to get against the wall, lean, and then I'm up straight. Life has a way of wearing us down, doesn't it? And when we're discouraged, what usually happens, we complain, feel sorry for ourselves. That can turn to bitterness. We can begin to isolate ourselves. Sometimes we get so discouraged, we stop going to church. We don't have any. And kids, when you go to college, go to church. Find a church to plug into at college. Now, if you just want to hear my preaching every week, go online, www.rocjinx.org. 
sermons, listen to the sermon. I have it ready by noon on Monday every, every week. And you can hear your wonderful preacher's voice every week if you'd like. The best thing you can do with that is you're having a hard time going to sleep, turn me on. Preaching should knock you right out without any problem. You'll sleep better than you've slept in years. But why do we isolate ourselves? Because that's really not the answer. So let me start with a question. Why do we need to encourage each other? Well, there's some scripture that helps us understand that. John 13, 35 says, Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. See, Jesus loves us without reservation. He loves us just like we are, warts and all. He loves us. If you get up and you look ugly, He's still going to love you. If you get up and look pretty, He's going to still love you. See, that's Patrick. Patrick's always smiling and looking pretty, right? That's right. Patrick's got the greatest smile, doesn't he? Because when he smiles, I mean, his whole face gets in. It's like he doesn't have real teeth, you know. It's amazing. I love that boy's smile. If you ever watch Bryce play basketball, I mean, she don't mess around with you. She just kind of gets that look on her face like her mother and just, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh You better get out the way. Somebody said, Darlene doesn't yell at him. I said, no. She's yelling real loud, though, when she stands up, crosses her arms, and starts stomping her foot. So you don't have to say a word, but you know exactly what she means. Because the whole floor shakes, man. She, didn't, she ain't messing around. You see. But God loves us. Never forget that. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Encourage one another. Build each other up just as you are already doing. Now, this was a great church. Thessalonica Church was a great church. Could it be said of River Oaks Church that we are an encouraging church? I hope it does. I hope it is. And I believe we are. We ought to find each other and encourage each other every day. Find something good to say. Amen? What your mother always teach you? If you can't say something good, don't say it at all. Right? Yeah. That's, that's a great rule of thumb. Matthew 22. Jesus said, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. It's the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor. As yourself. You see, Christianity is about relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others. It's, it's, it's not about rules. It's not about knowledge. It's about loving and lasting relationships. One of my heroes of history is Wilbur Wilberforce. Uh, William, excuse me. William Wilberforce. I knew there was a W in front of his first name, but I couldn't remember. William Wilberforce. And he was trying to get the British Parliament to abolish uh, uh, slavery. Twice he was defeated in his efforts, but he didn't give up, though he was discouraged. So his old friend, John Wesley, maybe you've heard that name. John Wesley heard about his discouragement, and he was on his deathbed himself, but he pulled himself up and asked for a pen and paper, and with trembling hand, John Wesley wrote these words to William Wilberforce. Unless God has raised you up for this very thing, you will be worn out by the opposition of men and devils. But if God be for you, who can be against you? Are all of them stronger than God? Oh, be not weary of well-doing. Go on in the name of God and in the power of His might. John Wesley died six days later after he wrote those words. And it caused Wilberforce to renew his dedication 
And in 1833, just three days before his own death, it was brought to a vote and once more the Parliament finally abolished slavery in Great Britain. What if John Wesley had never encouraged him? What if he had never done that? Another reason why it's important is that encouragement has so much at stake. In Hebrews 10.25, it says, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You say, I believe that Jesus is coming back soon. I really do. I'm ready, aren't you? I'm ready for this mess to be over. I'm ready to be with the Lord. But while he should tarry, then we're going to keep finding souls that need to find Jesus. Amen? Let's don't quit. Let's don't get weary. Let's keep going. And that's why it's important for us to encourage each other. So how do we do it effectively? Well, our meeting together is a source of encouragement. That's what we just read in Hebrews 10.25. You see, we shouldn't neglect the meeting together because there's encouragement when we see each other. You people take this hug and howdy thing serious. You know, I mean, a lot of churches, I, I've been told by church growth experts that a hug and howdy time is not really what people want. Well, they don't know you. Hey, you just hug and howdy everybody. If you don't know who they are, you go up and act like you know who they are. That's great. That's why I start singing a song halfway through, try to get you to calm down and go back and sit down so we can have the rest of the church service. If I didn't say anything, you'd just keep going. It'd be 30 minutes. You'd be greeting each other in the back. It's fun when the hard of hearing people get to find each other. Hey, what? Hey, what? <laughs> it's great. But you should be up here and watch. It's really fun. These little guys, they get out of the chair and they go hunting you down, don't they? They usually end up over here with Sister Geneva and then they kind of work their way around. I got a couple of them that they, they come and they'll stop right here and then I'll look at them then they'll come and give me a hug. They're, they just kind of lean in. They're not. They're afraid to. He's a big old ugly guy. I don't know about getting up there. It's fun. They do it. They do it now. And that girl that's sitting on the second row with that big old hair. I need that hair. I just wish I had that much hair. I'd do it. I'd do it to my hair if I had that much hair. I looked like Brad Caleb when he was in college. <laughs> Somebody put it on Facebook. Him and Brian. <laughs> It's true, isn't it, Braden? It's true, isn't it, Braden? It's true. It's true. Ooh, stories running through my mind. Let it go. Let it go, brother. Let it go. All right. You can turn on your TV. You can hear all kinds of sermons all over the country, all over the world. You can hear people preaching. But you still miss something when you're not connected to a local fellowship. You miss this. You miss that time of encouragement. You see, we're called to be a family, a community, a group who is in fellowship. The New Testament uses words like one another, love one another, love, uh, serve one another, forgive one another, encourage one another. And when you watch TV, you just can't do that. And secondly, we need to consider how we can express encouragement. In Hebrews 10.24, it says, Let us think of ways to motivate or stimulate one another to acts of love and good works. You see, it takes thought. I need to sit down and know you, and I need to know what's going to help you be encouraged, and I need to then get about that business of being an encourager to you. Anybody can be a discourager. We need to be encouragers. Amen? 
need to find out what's good about us. And man, let's talk about it. And let's, let's get all fired up about it. Uh, we were having breakfast this morning. There's an older gentleman that, that eats in there with us pretty regularly. And uh, somebody asked me his name, and I told him. And he was driving a Porsche convertible. This guy's older than I am. I mean, substantially older than I am, but he's driving a Porsche convertible. I'm thinking, where did he steal that? What's that old man doing with that thing? I saw a guy at research driving a, a, uh, 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 oh, I wanted to call it a Stingray, but that's not right. A, um, I don't know. Anyway, one of those Chevy fast cars. Corvette, thank you. And I said, man, that's a good-looking car. He said, yeah, I don't get in it very fast. I get out even slower. He said, but man, it's fun to drive in. I said, I bet. The Greek, the Greek word encourage, it's an interesting word. It's a word that usually has a negative meaning because it means to irritate or to incite. But if you think about it in a positive way, it's a poking, it's a, poking, it's a prodding. You know, that's what coaches do to their players. That's what parents do to their kids. That's what siblings do to each other. Prod them. Poke them. In a good way. There's a little company that negotiated a new health insurance plan back before Obamacare. It required 100% employee participation. Every employee, both labor and management, had to be included or the plan would not go into effect. It was a good plan. Everybody signed up for it except Bill, who refused. His fellow workers pleaded with him, but to no avail. So finally the company president called Bill into his office and said, Bill, this health plan is too good for us to lose out on. Now here's an application and a pen, and I want you to sign up. I'm sorry, but if you don't, I'll have to fire you. Without any hesitation, Bill grabbed the pen and he signed it. The president said, Bill, I'm just curious. Why didn't you sign up earlier than this? And Bill said, nobody explained it to me quite so clearly before. You see, basically the idea of encouragement is that in a positive way we're going to incite others to acts of love and good works. Romans 12.8 says, If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Do it gladly. We should do it gladly. Use that gift of encouragement. Everybody likes to see you if you're an encourager. Be an encourager. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Good to see you. Jack Franklin's favorite phrase, terrifical. It's not a word. I've looked. It's not a word. But it's a great word because you can't say it without smiling. Terrifical. That's right. We all need encouragement. So I'm hoping that you will find a way to encourage those in your family, those that you are around. And then thirdly, we've got to commit to encourage people. How often? Daily. Commit to encouraging them daily. Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage each other every day while it's still today. Help each other so none of us will become hardened because sin has tricked you. Now, we don't have a choir in our church, but a lot of churches do. And a lot of church choirs, some of them can really sing, and some of them not so much. You know what I'm saying? They have great effort though, amen? And it's sometimes it's really hard to find something positive to say about them. And there was one particular lady in a church that had a choir that was finding difficult words of encouragement to share. 
But one Sunday morning when the choir members were filing into the choir loft, she leaned over to her neighbor and she said, Hey, you know what? They are walking in very well today. So she found a way (laughs) to encourage them. It may be that you just walk in and look really good as you're walking in. You know, find a way. Proverbs 12:25 says, Worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. Oh, it does, doesn't it? It does. One of the, when I was in college at Dallas, I had a president named Melvin Newland, and Melvin tells a great story. He said he was a sophomore in high school, and he was asked to preach his very first sermon. His father had helped reopen a church in Crowell, Texas, and uh, they had moved there. But there was a problem that he had long been scheduled to speak several times at a mission conference in Oregon and had, and had to be gone for three Sundays. And after uh, considering what to do, the elders asked Melvin, his son, if he would preach one of those Sundays. Well, he agreed to do it, and he began to work hard on the sermon, practiced and practiced. He preached it and he preached it, and every time he preached it, it would last one hour. One hour. Sunday came when it was time for him to preach to the congregation. He was so nervous, he says. He was uh, nervous. That he, and when he's nervous, he tended to speak rapidly. In fact, over the years, he's noticed that many teenagers have the same problem. And said, while I preached that morning, I was so nervous, my hour-long sermon lasted exactly 12 minutes. And to make matters worse, the church had no sound system. He didn't speak very loudly. And so only the people who really were good, uh, had good hearing could hear what he said anyway. In his mind, it was a disaster, and he just knew it was. If someone had told him that it was a disgrace for him to be a speaker and he should never get up in front of people and speak again, he would agree 100%, he said. But the people were kind. They felt, felt sorry for him, and he felt real low anyway. But that afternoon, one of the older ladies came to the house and talking to him and his mother, and she said she appreciated his sermon and felt that he had potential as a preacher. And she wanted to help him by paying a speech teacher there in town to give him private lessons for a year. And she did. And what a difference it made in Melvin's life. You see, the power of encouragement and the power of investment can pay off big dividends. These two young boys that serve communion, every Sunday they want to serve communion. They ask every Sunday, can I serve today? So guys, let's just let them serve. So just two of you get around those two guys and help them serve. That's awesome, isn't it? I just think that's awesome. They saw an opportunity to serve and they want to serve. They want to do it. Okay. Now, hopefully they won't drop the bread in the cup, but, you know, if they do, they do. I've done that. Any of you done that? I did it on a tile floor. These cups went on forever. <laughs> and the poor lady that had the juice on her dress, she was very kind. Proverbs 18.21 I want to close with. Because that verse says, What you say can mean life or death. What you say can mean life or death. Be an encourager. Be an investor. And let your words invest good in those that are around you. Let's pray. Father, you've told us that our words have the power of life and death. 
I pray that you will grant us understanding hearts that we may see people, their strengths, their weaknesses, their hopes, their despairs, their efforts, their failures. And Father, touch them with your love. May we encourage one another, not just today, but every day. In our Lord's precious and holy name, amen.